Welcome to Design 30. My name is Jason Bilyeu, and in this podcast, I provide design strategies and tools to improve creativity, innovation, and overall design confidence. What is product design? What does a product designer do? What does a product design process entail? What kind of skills or capabilities or perhaps technical skills do you need to be a good product designer? I don't know if these are questions that you have ever asked yourself, but they're definitely things that I've asked myself. And you see this term product design all over the internet now, especially if you are listening to this podcast, you're likely looking for this kind of information and this kind of content and trying to learn Uh, how to be a better designer and how to be a better product designer. But sometimes it's kind of hard to know what is actually meant by this term product design and how does that fit into the overall product development process as well as how does that fit into just a business in general? Where does product design come into play at the business level and how does it help benefit a business and why does a business actually hire a product designer. So all of that we are going to get into in this episode. Uh, But first, I want to, of course, as usual, ask you to please subscribe to Design 30 on YouTube. You can subscribe to the podcast uh, on whatever podcast catcher you listen to. And please, if you do, rate the podcast as well. That is really helpful. And then finally, you can find me um, on design 30 at, uh, sorry, on Instagram at design 30. And then also you can find me on Twitter, which I've just decided this last week to give uh, Twitter blue a shot. So going through that whole verification process and I don't know, we'll see how it goes. I'm curious if anyone else has tried that recently and uh, had good results. So I'm hoping to be spending a little bit more time putting content on Twitter and yeah, just seeing kind of what that platform has to offer. So if anyone has any advice or feedback, or if you want to follow me on Twitter, maybe you need to go create your own Twitter account. So I'll be posting quite a bit more there as well. And then finally, as always, you can subscribe or you can become a paid or a free free subscriber to the Design30 Substack. Uh, which I do have something in the works there. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any uh, of my writings there. Um, I'm thinking about also starting to do just some updates uh, about the podcast, about Design 30 through my Substack. So you make sure you're going to want to make sure you subscribe there so you don't miss any of that. Also, if you live in the United States, I hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend. I hope it was relaxing, and I just want to say a quick thank you to anybody who has served and protected this country, anyone who has obviously given their life to protect this country. That is uh, what this day was all about, what this weekend was all about, and so yeah, just very thankful to be living uh, in a country where I can literally just sit at my desk and record a podcast about product design. That's pretty crazy and something that I think is really easy to take for granted. 
And for the international listeners, which there are a few international listeners, I've been checking some of the statistics and there's definitely some downloads coming from outside the United States. So if that's you, you probably are just working a normal day, had a normal weekend. Uh, But either way, I hope you had a great weekend and are looking forward to this next week. All right, let's dive into this episode about product design. So I kind of have this model that I worked up in my head about where product design falls into this whole product development process. And I think it's also going to help uh, help illustrate where product design falls into a business and why it's something obviously that I believe a business should be heavily invested in and looking for good, competent product designers to help uh, improve the products that the company offers. So I see product design as kind of this uh, connection between two other things. The first one of those is you need to have some sort of problem or need that you are trying to address, right? That's where products come in. Like that's why you you make something to fix a problem or to solve a need. So without that, there really is no reason to have a product designer. Uh, what are you going to be designing for? What's what's the goal of the design, right? You need to have a problem. You know, we all have problems, uh, some more than others, but we all have problems. We all have needs. And there's all sorts of products in our lives that have been designed to meet those needs, right? I'm working right now off a MacBook Pro and a and an iPad. So obviously, Apple has done a really good job of figuring out what my needs are and what the needs of millions of people are. And they've solved that with these awesome, flexible, uh, really well-designed products. So the need there was really efficiency. Computers make humans so much more efficient and ease of use because when you know Steve Jobs first designed a lot of his products, computers were really complicated and confusing and not user-friendly. And then finally, there's also a certain need for uh, having an aesthetic or having a product that almost makes a statement. When you have a MacBook Pro, you feel professional. You feel uh, like you are capable of performing the job or the task at hand, right? There's some sort of confidence that's given to you when you have such a well-designed product in your hand. So there's a lot of problems, a lot of needs uh, that go with something like a computer, uh, sometimes it can be something much more simple, uh, perhaps uh, something that pertains to me, maybe it pertains to you, is when I wake up in the morning, my beard is all kind of all over the place, right? It's all tangled and nasty. Well, hopefully not nasty, but it's all tangled and looks really messy. So that's a problem. That doesn't look professional. I can't go to work looking like that. So there needs to be some solution to that. And that is a comb or a brush, just something quick and easy to uh, fix the look of my beard, right? And so that's the other part of this. uh, Well, it's the other one of the two things that I think product design pulls together. So the first one, as I mentioned, is problems or needs. You got to start with those. And then on the, you know, let's say on the far right side of this or on the opposite side is a solution or a product which as I mentioned is your uh, uh, 
iPad, your MacBook Pro, or perhaps something as simple as a comb, a beard comb. And so the comb is a, it's a solution. It's a product. It's a solution to the problem that you have. It's something that it meets the need that you have, that the user has. And so those are the two kind of ends of what where product design falls in. Those are kind of the end caps and product design comes in to the middle, the way I see this working. And it gets you from the problem or the need to the solution or the product. That's the job of a product designer. They see a problem or they're given a problem or they're given a need statement. They take that and they turn it into a solution or a product. And that's a can be a very complicated process I mean, it's often made up of a bunch of different phases, right? Uh, one way you can look at it, and the phases might not be uh, termed this or called this depending on where you work or even your own process that you use. But in product design, you're always going to do some sort of research. And this research involves understanding the problem better. It involves understanding the need. Uh, it also involves understanding the market. What's already out there to to solve this problem and to meet this user need. And sometimes there's a bunch of stuff out there that just doesn't work that well. Other times you'll find through your research that there's not really anything out there. People are just getting around this uh, in other ways. So that's where perhaps there's a huge opportunity for uh, an awesome product that will meet that need. And then once you do your research, do your work, understanding what the problem is, that's when you dive into concept development. That's usually the next step. You're coming up with all sorts of ideas to figure out how do you meet this need? How do you solve this problem? Uh, is it something, maybe it's software related. It's You need to design an app. Maybe it's mechanical or physical. You need to design a beard comb that is long lasting or that is uh, doesn't scratch your face when you use it. So there's lots of ideas that come out during this concept development. That's the whole point of it. This is, as uh, you've I've talked about previously on the podcast, and you've probably seen all over the place, is this double diamond idea where concept developments where your ideas are really coming out, you're going for breadth, right? You're not trying to be critical and cut down the amount of ideas coming in. You want to expand them. You want to keep them uh, the number of ideas growing for a certain amount of time. And then once you have a lot of ideas, you know, you have this wide solution space, wide design space of ideas, then you start cutting them down, going through your uh, ideas, your concepts in more detail, and then you decide on what's actually worth prototyping. So that's usually the next step in this product design process. You actually do some prototyping, whether that's really simple uh, prototypes, which we've discussed before, which are basically just a simple, simple version of a prototype could be made of cardboard or could be made of, you know, just a, a slideshow in PowerPoint if you're doing some sort of software app development. Uh, but yes, yeah, so you go through prototyping, you start with your really simple ones, you work your way up to perhaps more complex prototypes. Then you go through a testing phase, right? That's why you actually built the prototypes is so that you can test them. And then finally, the product design process ends when the product actually goes into production. And then obviously there's a lot of sustaining work and you got to make sure it keeps working as it's shipped to customers and solving bugs, fixing issues. But really the product designer, your goal is to get your product to production. And so this whole conversation kind of begs the question of what makes a good product designer? What kind of people 
are good product designers? What skills do you need to be a good product designer? And so I see a few different traits kind of along this whole uh, little uh, diagram that I verbally sketched out where you have your problem or need, and then on one end you have your solution or product, and in between those you have your product design, your product designer. They get you from your problem to your solution. And so there's a few different personality types that I kind of see along this path. And of course, you know, this is very dependent on the person. It's not hard and fast rules. You can have people all along the spectrum and uh, it doesn't really matter what your personality type is. You can probably find a niche anywhere along this process. But this is the way I see it based on what I've read and what I've experienced. So Think of it this way, on the left, as we discussed, is this problem or this need. So this is kind of this mental diagram that I'm, I'm trying to build in your minds, right? So again, just real quick, there's a problem or need, think of that to the left. And then to the right, you have your solution or product, kind of your final design. And then in between that, that's your product design cycle. That's where you, as the product designer, come in and you figure out how to meet this need, solve this problem and get to a solution or a product. So towards the left and this problem or need side and kind of somewhat creeping over into the product design, this is where I would say you have your more traditionally creative people. These are people who are really good at taking ideas or concepts that seem unrelated a lot of the time. You know, it could be from a completely different field and they bring it into whatever you're working on. It could be, you know, you're designing a new computer and this person pulls an idea from the automotive industry or you could be designing a beard comb, right? And this person pulls an idea from how forks are made. You know, it's a, it's the type of person who's just has a pretty wide breadth of experience and they know, you know, you know those people who just know a lot of things, right? Or they're just interested in a lot of things and they're good at pulling it together and figuring out how to implement one idea from over here into something over here to solve a problem they're working on. And I think a lot of these people end up being your entrepreneurs. They end up being, you know, the CEO of a startup. Uh, often these people are called the ideas guy. You know, you have that person who just, they have all of these ideas or they are fixated a lot of time on one problem and they have all of these ideas of how to solve that problem. And this is also, we're used to using the word type A, but this could also be a type B person. There's sometimes... There are people who are more okay with uncertainty because there is so much uncertainty at this phase uh, of the project or at this phase in the design process, right? So it's where you're going from your problem or need, and that doesn't have that much uncertainty, right? Hopefully you have that pretty nailed down. But then how are you going to actually come up with a solution to that? And how are you going to design that? What features is your product going to have? There's so much uncertainty at this phase in the product design process or in the product development process that you need to be someone who is okay with uncertainty and can work through those different ideas and solutions. And as we talked about, do your research, do your concept development, work through some prototyping. So that's more towards the left for the problem or need, which is often you build a business around meeting that problem or uh, filling that need. So you have a lot of your entrepreneur and CEO types on that end. And then this, you know, even creeps into the product design or the product design process, the product design cycle a little bit, especially on that early end of the product design cycle, 
where there is so much uncertainty. And then as you move more to the right, more towards the solution or product side of this, that's where you have people who are more traditionally organized or a little bit more process oriented. This could often be where you're more type A personality people. Uh, this is people who you know, love to create clarity. They love structure. Uh, they really strive for certainty. They want to have processes. And these are the people who are often working in operations and production. Their goals are efficiency. And so this takes the end of the product design cycle. And this is where you're honing in your prototypes. Maybe you've solved the problem and you're trying to turn that prototype into an actual product that you can develop something that you can produce. You need to be able to build it in high quantities. You need to be able to ship it around the world and hit deadlines, hit timelines. Maybe you have a lead time on these products and you need to be able to ship it and meet those lead times. So people are happy with your business. They're happy with your product. So these are, once you get to the solution product side, these are the people who are really good at logistics and they're organized. They like developing processes that are very efficient. So that's kind of how this uh, diagram that I've been talking about breaks up into uh, personality traits and skills. That's how I see it at least. And so the product designer is often in between these two. You as a product designer, you're going from the uncertainty of, well, we have no idea how we're gonna solve this problem, but there is a big problem. There's a market here. And you have to you know, take that, come up with concepts, develop them, prototyping, uh, prototype them, do a lot of user testing, whatever other kind of testing, and come to a final solution or product. And you need to deliver that to your uh, production team, to your operations team. It needs to be something that's manufacturable. It needs to be something that you have all this documentation on how to build it. And so a product designer really has to have a lot of the skills of both of these. You need to be able to live in the uncertainty and work through it and come up with ideas and solutions. And then you also need to be able to get pretty detailed and you need to be able to deliver something that has a well-defined manufacturing process or a well-defined way to build the product. There's got to be a lot of certainty, a lot of clarity at that point. So a product designer really is a tough position, but you need to you need to be able to go from a problem, a need where there isn't certainty, right? There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of ideas and you need to have a lot of discernment on how to pick the right idea and how do you prototype it well and how do you test it right? And then how can you turn that into a legitimate product <clears throat> that can actually be produced, that can actually be shipped to customers? And so there's a few key skills that I think are something that you should look for in product designers. If you're looking for that, if you're trying to build yourself into a world-class product designer, these are skills you need to work on. And they're kind of, as you'll see, that it's a little bit, there's a lot of uncertainty with these skills as well. They're not very specific technical skills, which of course those are involved. Um, but these are probably what you would call more soft skills or skills that you uh, you you know you can't just have it on your resume necessarily. There's not a certification that says you're good at this. So the first one is problem solving, right? You can't just have a certification that's like, hey, I'm a good products or a good problem solver. 
I mean, maybe that certification exists, but would you actually believe it if you saw it on a resume? You'd, you'd want to see the person demonstrate it, right? So problem solving more comes from practice. Uh, someone who's you worked in an industry or worked for companies where they've had to do a lot of problem solving. Maybe they've demonstrated that they're the person people come to when something goes wrong, when there is a problem. They can come up with a bunch of different ideas and solutions. So that's something that you practice and you get better at over time. I think also your degree plays a big role in this. Uh, you learn how to, uh, you, as you get a degree, you're just tackling a bunch of problems, right? Whether it's on exams or homework or tests or projects. So you get a lot of experience uh, through your degree program. And then another part of being a good problem solver is honestly just having confidence. Uh, you have the confidence that you understand the problem and you know some solutions, you know different ways to solve that problem or you have the confidence to throw ideas out there and you're willing to test them, to try them. You have the skills to you know, maybe build the prototypes or to set up tests. So there's a lot of confidence that you build up over time through again, practice, experience, through your degree program that will make you a better problem solver. So, I mean, this is, you've heard me talk a lot about creative confidence. It's a skill that you build up over time. The next skill is creativity. Again, this one, it's like, okay, well, how do you define creativity? How do you put creativity on a resume? And you can't really, it's just something that you, you develop over time and you have to demonstrate it to people. So this one, it's really just a matter of, in my opinion, practice and experience. So you have to be able to show that you're a creative person and you can, you know, you might have to show this through the interview process. You can show it through your portfolio. You can show it through what you do in your free time. You know, you can look at something like, well, is this someone who's really uh, trying to push themselves and learn more and trying to take these, like I've talked about disconnected concepts and bring them together into some new product, bring them together in some new way. And that's really how you see if someone's got that creativity. And again, it's a skill you can build. You need to practice you know, lots of practice, lots of experience, designing things, experience. Um, maybe that's just from reading books or understanding products out in the field. Uh, you know, you could have your tinkerers, people who have taken apart tons of other random products and that actually helps uh, build your creativity because you understand how stuff has been done in the past. And maybe it helps you take little bits and pieces of those to develop or design new products in the future. And then of course, there's the technical skills that you need. Uh, for example, for me, working as a mechanical engineer, uh, I need to know CAD. I need to know 3D CAD products, whether that's SolidWorks or Fusion 360. These are some hard technical skills that if you don't have uh, in my position, you're not going to be very good at your job. We're not going to be a very good product designer. Because lots of the prototyping, you know, at first often happens in the CAD program. You're trying out a bunch of ideas and then you pick a few to actually prototype, whether it's 3D printing or getting them machined. And so as a mechanical engineer working in product design, that's a very specific technical skill that I need to have. Uh, I know for a lot of other positions, you might need technical skills using Figma or you might need technical skills using the Adobe suite. So there's a lot of things that are, you know, all of these different product design positions require potentially different technical skills. And that stuff you're going to pick up from your degree program. Uh, you're going to pick it up from experience working in different companies. Uh, and it's also 
something that you can uh, pick up and learn for yourself, maybe outside of work. If you're looking to move into a new position, maybe you're wanting to become that product designer at your company. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of courses outside of work or outside of degree programs where you can build these skills. And for product designers, especially uh, designing, you know, hard goods, physical products, uh, there's certain skills that are incredibly useful, which would just be uh, maybe it's m- machining something, building something, working with, uh, you know, uh, woodworking could be a huge asset. Uh, just learning, knowing how to use power tools. And if you're working somewhere or uh, maybe your products are more software related, being able to build things in code, being able to uh, build a quick prototype and maybe it's a different language. Maybe it's building something with an Arduino. I don't know. There's all of these different technical skills that depending on what kind of product industry you're working in are going to be hugely beneficial. So again, those come from a lot of it's just experience. A lot of like the ground technical expertise comes from your degree program. And a lot of it you can just pick up by learning yourself. There's so many different ways to learn skills nowadays. I mean, YouTube is incredible for this, right? Um, And even just podcasts like this podcast, hopefully is just a way to help hone and build technical skills, learn some different strategies and tools, all that sorts of stuff. And then finally, communication skills are huge for a product designer, right? Because as we discussed, you have to be able to talk to, you know, the entrepreneur, startup CEO, ideas guy, understand what they're saying, have good communication with them. Then you need to communicate that to your product design team so that you can work through this product design cycle and come up with a good solution or a good product. And then you need to be able to hand that off to your production team and communicate clearly with them how to build this thing, what it does, how it works, how do you need to test it? Are there tests you need to do before you ship it to uh, ensure that everything is working as it was designed? So there's communication along this whole chain And you have to be able to communicate with very different types of people. Like we said, the ideas guys, maybe more that type B, uh, more laid back, okay with uncertainty. Uh, Maybe they're, you know, a little bit more aloof potentially. And then you need to be able to talk to people who are more type A, A, love clarity, efficiency. They just want to get down to, you know, get down to brass tacks. How does this thing work? How do I test it? How do I build it? Just be very clear and concise. And so as the middle person, in a lot of ways, as the product designer, you're communicating with both those types of people and you need to learn and figure out how to do that. So again, this comes from, of course, through school, through your degree program, just interacting with people in general, just surrounding yourself with a a diverse set of people that you need to communicate with and understand and listen to. And then finally, you need to be able to write. So much of this communication happens uh, via writing. That could be emails, that could be writing documentation. So it's really important to work on your writing skills. And ways that I like to do that is uh, through blogging. Well, I use Substack, right? So I do a lot of writing there, which is essentially a blog. Uh, It could be even as simple as journaling. Just the practice of writing, you end up just getting a lot better at it. It's very much a skill that you can practice and improve at significantly. And so that's basically a pretty high level overview of product design. Product design is what gets you from a problem or a need to a solution or a product. And so as a product designer, you're the one working with the people who have identified the problem or need. 
And then you're also the one passing off this product to the people who produce the product, your operations team, whoever is actually going to build and ship this product. So that is your job is to bridge the gap between those two things. So I hope this has been helpful. I hope it's given you a little bit better understanding of what product design is, what a product designer is, what they do, what the process is, what a a brief overview of the product design cycle, uh, as well as a lot of the skills that you need to develop in yourself and what you need to look for if you're looking for a product designer. So that's all I have for this week. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, As I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter. You can also subscribe on YouTube. You can become a free or a paid subscriber on Substack. Uh, If you'd like to support the podcast, of course, you can become a paid subscriber on Substack or honestly, just share the podcast. That's one of the best ways to support me. I would really appreciate that. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to attempt to spend a lot more time creating content for Twitter as I'm testing out this whole Twitter uh, blue thing. So if you want to look for me there, again, just look for Learn Design 30 and you should be able to find me. And that's where I'm going to leave it. So as always, remember, design more, despair less. Thanks for listening.